Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Well, good morning and welcome to this morning's broadcast. I trust that during this lockdown time, you have found yourself drawing close to the Lord in your own personal life. This is an opportunity not to get bitter, but to get better acquainted with the Lord and His presence through reading the scripture, through times of just praying and praying in the spirit. I address you here from Highway Church this morning and just want to send a huge uh, love and our prayers at this time to all of those who are tuning in either by way of radio this morning or uh, at 10 o'clock with the lives with the streaming. I want to continue something I started speaking about last week, which was the subject of the Ecclesia. And I want to reread that passage in Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus talks about the church, his Ecclesia. And that word Ecclesia, as we saw last week, was a familiar term with the subjugated Israelites living in a Roman uh, colony. And the Romans understood that word very well to mean that where two or three got together, they formed a conventus and they carried the culture and the power and the authority of Rome. So much so that to wage war on a group of Roman citizens was to bring down the wrath of the Roman Empire. So the disciples were familiar with this word that Jesus chose, the word Ecclesia. And Jesus deliberately chose it because he wasn't going to build on the synagogue style or model, and he wasn't going to build on the temple style. He said, you're going to break the temple down. The temple's going to be destroyed, but I will raise it up, even in his body now on earth. So we see that Jesus wanted a, a, an ecclesia that was easy to transfer into the soft underbelly of the Roman Empire, and churches started all over from house to house where they met and broke bread and prayed. And later on, he wrote to these churches throughout the southern Asian uh, peninsula. So we see that in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, of, after Peter acknowledges that he's the Messiah, took a while for Peter to get that revelation. Many people still need to start at that revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah. And Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then we see he carries on in, in, in chapter 18 from verse 18 and says, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there I am 
with you. So we see that Jesus was authorizing the church not just to go and do a great work for him, but to do a great work in partnership with him. When we get together, two or three, we are establishing the conventus of heaven where we are and the presence of Jesus is right there with us. So when our words through prayer and exercising spiritual authority bind satanic and demonic activities in the natural realm, we have the double impact where it takes place in the spiritual realm. Those forces and those uh, instruments and weapons are taken authority in the spiritual realm, which then manifests into the physical realm. This is a profound truth. I think it's a truth that is, as believers we've known for a long time that prayer is powerful and this is how the early church grew from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. They understood that Jesus was using a new instrument, the injection of the, the gospel through the church, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is here. The Old Testament law and prophets ended with John. And the Old Testament prophets and law could only talk about what was happening in the, in the natural history of Israel and the promise of the future Messiah. Whereas the kingdom message now is about the Messiah has come, his death, burial and resurrection has now given us new birth out of a kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. We are now members of his spirit. You and I, if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are now members of his body. We are seated in heavenly places, the Bible says. We are now uh, uh, one spirit in our declaration with Jesus. Our words in agreement with his words are so powerful that he says, I'm there with you in your binding and your loosing. And although we've known this for a long time, to be honest, many of us wait until we get a church on Sunday morning to the building and think that's where it's got to be exercised. And as we looked at last week, and I want to emphasize again, because sometimes things take a while to massage through. When we meet two and three together, we are forming the church of Jesus Christ. This is in no way to say now we should stay away from our Sunday gathering. Not at all. Not at all. That's where we should come together to celebrate. That's where we should come together to hear testimony of how the church is being advanced and moving into ever-expanding horizons. My friend, if this is just a teaching that we're going to put on our file somewhere, then we might have missed a great opportunity to be the church at this time. And you might be saying, so what? How does this apply to me. What is, what is the big deal, Steve? Why are you going on and on about this all the time? Well, you see, my friend, we are in a lockdown. And in this lockdown, we can decide to just let the hours and the days get squandered away. And then we'll find the lockdown is lifted and we'll carry on with our normal lives. Or else we can use this lockdown to say, hang on, the church has been reduced to the basic building block, the family in the house. Now, I know there's some people on their own watching this and listening to this broadcast, and I'll speak to you in a moment. But for the most part, families are in lockdown. And it's bringing out the best, and it's bringing out 
the challenges. I tell you, lockdown exposes the cracks very quickly in our family unit. And if the kingdom of God is going to start in our family unit as an ecclesia and gain momentum as lockdown is lifted and taken into the marketplace, taken into our business, then now is the best time to be in preparation. Wouldn't you agree with me? But the lockdown does expose some cracks and some challenges. You know, when I see my wife digging a hole six foot long by two foot wide, it's a good time to go make her a cup of tea and apologize for everything. You know, I'll go and just say, I'm so sorry, sweetie. She says, what are you sorry for? I don't know. Anything you want me to be sorry for. No, that, that actually didn't really happen. But, but you know what I mean. I said to Janet, you know, <laughs> let's, let's take some time to practice this ecclesia in our home. Imagine we in church on a Sunday morning. Only the two of us arrived. But because we two, Jesus said, we're two and three gathered. I'm there. And uh, what's changed? If God is there, we're in the majority. After all, we're just ministering for the audience of one anyway. But, okay, so now we're in church, just the two of us at the building on a Sunday morning. Come on, let's do what we would normally do. Let's worship the Lord. Let's take the scripture and declare it. Let's operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Let's, let's sing worship to the Lord. Uh, now, now, you can imagine the two of us there. Well, first of all, we, we, we didn't agree on the order of service. So that got us started. And then my song selection was terrible. And while I was preaching, my wife fell asleep. No, no, I'm just really, that's just a joke. So we, we, you know, after working a few things, we said, come on, in our house, we are the church now. We're unrestrained. We have the presence of Jesus. Our words can take authority to bind and to loose. Imagine if every household was practicing this today. Like I shared with you that, that little slogan I saw last week when the devil said to God about the COVID-19, look. I have closed down so many churches and God said, no, I'm opening millions. Can you imagine if every household gathered together, took bread, took the cup, sang a song as best as they knew how, opened up the scripture, made some declarations from scripture, took authority over the enemy's lies and the enemy's fear in their home. But not only for your own household, what about your extended household? What about your cousins and your, your family and your friends and other believers? Like I said, lockdown can expose our weaknesses, our flaws and our fractures. So I think one of the best starting places to be the ecclesia in your home is to pray for a re-firing, a, a recalibration of unity. Because unity is under attack. Jesus said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. That means that if we as a family are in total disagreement, we have to be honest and say, come on, guys, let's get together. This is not a physical war we're fighting. It's a spiritual war. Let's take authority over these divisive spirits that are, are trying to creep in and wedge disagreement and 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 jealousy or, 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 or malice into our families. Let's say no further. We take authority over this situation in Jesus' name. Maybe in your house right now, you know what I'm talking about. 
He's saying, Steve, please, let's wait till we get back on Sunday because there's just total disharmony. I want to speak to you and say, no, sir, no, ma'am, you can put an end to that right now. And I want to agree with you. I want to say that a spirit of division will not triumph over your home. A spirit of animosity and bitterness is not going to prevail in your home. We agree now that the Lord says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I agree, if you're in agreement with me, to establish that right now over your children, over your marriage, over your immediate situation. We declare that God's word says, I've not seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. I stand against that fear in your heart. My God is able to supply our needs according to his glorious riches. Amen. Let's serve the devil notice on this fear and anxiety by rising up as the ecclesia in our home and then going beyond our home to the extended family in our church and our community. You see what you're doing right now? You are practicing the priesthood. The priesthood of all believers. That means when you go back into the marketplace as a teacher, a businessman, a stay-at-home mother with her children, whatever new entrepreneurial ideas God is going to give you that are going to find a niche in this current uh, economic situation, you go with a partner. You go and you say, Lord, you're my partner, and I'm going to find other believers that are going to come into agreement with me in my place of work. My place of work is no longer going to just be the place I have to earn money to feed my family and pay the bills. It's going to be my place of infiltrating the culture with a superior government. I'm going to go in like an ambassador who loves this new country and is going to apply myself in the school, in the college, at the training center, in the industry that I'm in. And I'm going to come into agreement with other believers there to say, come on guys, this is our mission field. And I want to say, as you go, you will be uh, uh, encouraged to, to, to grow on the inside. As you go with that spirit, you will find satisfaction in doing whatever you do as unto the Lord. And in that environment, that is where the church needs to be most powerful. That's where signs and wonders need to follow the believer. That's where we need to be on our, our guard and alert to the opportunities to pray for people where there's sick families and families in turmoil, families who, who, who are distraught. You see, this is not just about another sermon. Jesus is building his church. He's building his church during a difficult time. But he's chosen you to be alive at such a time as this. It's not a coincidence that you're living today. Why weren't you born in the 16th century or the 17th century? They had their own battles to fight. You, my friend, and I have been called and chosen by God as believers who've been born again into this new kingdom to proclaim the kingdom of God is here. We will stand in the authority to bind and loose and to see the ecclesia's authority reach new, ever-expanding horizons across our city, across our nation, and across our planet. Amen.
Jesus didn't utter a sound and a groan of defeat when he said, it is finished. Jesus was making a triumphant declaration. It is finished. And the devil overplayed his hands and Satan was defeated. I want to share with you a, a, a story that takes place during the Second World War that this should in, encourage you at some level to understand that Satan can overplay his hand. And God doesn't want you distracted by the problem. Because that's the problem, is when we get distracted by the problem and we take our eyes off God and his victory. Jesus said triumphantly, it is finished. And you've been authorized with that mandate and confidence and authority to go in his statement. During the Second World War, President Roosevelt commissioned General Douglas MacArthur to, to establish a base in Australia to organize a counter-offensive against the Japanese. And while General MacArthur was going about that, uh, General Wayne Wright was sent to the Philippines on a mission. And part of that mandate was, at all costs, don't surrender. But as it turned out, through the uh, bombardment of the Japanese into the islands, uh, General Jonathan Wainwright eventually uh, handed over authority and surrendered to the Japanese. And he was taken as a prisoner of war uh, into, a, into a prisoner of war camp. And he was the, the first and only general that was ever taken captive by, by the Japanese in the Second World War. Uh, when General Douglas MacArthur heard this, he tried to get communications to the general in the prisoner of war camp, but it failed. But all this time, uh, General Wainwright decided that by the grace of God, he was going to get through this and victory was going to come to the Allied forces. Some years later, uh, there was an invasion into Japan and we know that there was eventual defeat and surrender of Japan. And MacArthur made the announcement that all prisoner of war soldiers need to be released. And it was only several weeks later that the Allied forces got to General Wainwright. During this time, he still thought he was a prisoner of war. So he acted like a prisoner of war. He spoke like a prisoner of war. He obeyed the commanding officer in the Japanese concentration camp as a prisoner of war not knowing that the Allied forces already had pushed through and Japan had surrendered. And several weeks later, uh, an Allied force plane came in and there was an announcement to the general, to General Wainwright, Japan has been defeated. And the story goes that General Wainwright got up, he was walking on a, on a stick, he wobbled over to the Japanese commanding officer's tent and he walked in as a very frail man, very thin, undernourished. And he looked at the Japanese commanding officer in the eye and he said these words, My commander in chief has defeated your commander in chief. And now I'm in charge here. This frail little general walking on a stick, not lifting a gun, not having a military force behind him, just on that declaration 
that the Japanese had surrendered and the Allied forces had been victorious. He took back power from that Japanese general who surrendered to the Allied forces. What a beautiful picture of the gospel. What an amazing story when Jesus from the cross cried out, It is finished. I have won. I am victorious. The perfect law-keeping life that you and I were never capable of doing. Let's be honest. We could never keep the law perfectly. Jesus came and kept it and fulfilled it. And then we would have had to die for our sinfulness and our lostness. But that means we would have just died eternally. But Jesus died. But because there was no sin found in him, he rose again on the third day. And now, by the Spirit, we are joined into the body of Jesus when we become new creations and we become the righteousness of God in Christ. Because he who knew no sin became sin, the Bible says, so that you and I can now become the righteousness of God. Can you see? All we have to do is declare our commander-in-chief has defeated the demonic and the satanic and the humanistic commander-in-chief. And we can rise up to a new level of authority in our homes as we form Ecclesia with the presence of Jesus there with us. When the lockdown is over, we can be prepared to go back into our jobs, into our civil life, and gather together with other believers in a place of worship and lift up our hands and say, Lord, thank you for bringing us through. Thank you that the most amazing opportunity for the gospel that we could ever imagine. Coming into 2020, we knew something was going to be different. But Lord, only you could take something as demonic and diabolic as this COVID-19 and turn it for good for your purposes and the purposes of your church. And I tell you, my friend, you, even if you're sitting on your own right now, I'm in agreement with you. Please get on the phones, contact someone in, in, in the body of Christ. Uh, let them know how you're doing. Get onto one of the, the conversation groups and WhatsApp. I know some don't even have data for that. And we're trying to find creative ways to reach out. Here at the church, we're feeding a few hundred people at the moment. So keep us in your prayers as we believe this is the catalyst for a mighty breakthrough in the city of Highway, in the city of Etiquini, and then beyond into the nation of South Africa. Jesus never taught extensively on the word church, the word ecclesia, because people were familiar and understood what he said. But he taught extensively around the kingdom of God. That is the government, the outworking of God's purposes for this planet and our lives in particular. Jesus was once asked, how can a man enter into this kingdom? So the starting place, my friend, before we can come into agreement with other believers and stand in the authority of being an ecclesia, is to enter the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, unless a man is born again. Now the religious leader he was talking to said, how can that be? You can't enter a second time into your mother's womb. And Jesus said, no, what's born of flesh is flesh. I'm talking about what's born of spirit. You see, our spirits were dead to God. We were born with an innate nature that had succumbed to rebellion and was called spiritually dark and dead. 
And in the new birth, the life of Christ's spirit fills our spirit. And suddenly we are brought back into right standing with God. The technical term for that is righteousness. It's not the kind of righteousness that maybe you heard about growing up. If, you, if you're good, then God will be good to you. If you do A, B, and C, then you're pleasing God. And you need to be righteous for God to take care of you and love you. That's not that kind of righteousness. It's the righteousness Jesus purchased freely for you and offers. It's an overpayment that he made on the cross as the perfect lamb of God. Like I said last week, it would be tantamount to tipping a car guard with a million rand. It's an overpayment. It would be exponentially exorbitant to do something like that. Well, my friend, that's exactly what Jesus did. When he died, it was an overpayment. Our sins, past, present, and future, were found in that sacrifice, in the atonement. Now, our part is to believe that and to call on God in humility that he would take our rebellion and our iniquity that was placed on Christ, take it out of our consciousness. We confess that we have rebelled against the Most High God. And Holy Spirit, I want my mind to be completely exchanged. You see, it's not just about my mind being changed, but being exchanged. I need the truth of God to come into my mind. So if you've never been born again, if you've never given your life to Jesus, today is the most perfect time. Why don't you come out of this lockdown, not lockdown anymore, but set free. Set free to be an ambassador for the Most High God. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I have heard that you made an overpayment for my sin and rebellion. And that through your blood, I have been offered total and complete resolution. That you will resolve me of my past, present and future sins. I put my faith in the work of the cross and in the power of the blood. And I ask, Holy Spirit of God, would you come and fill me right now? Would you come and take that what was dead and make it alive? And baptize me into the body of Jesus Christ as a member of Christ. Right now, ask this in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, you have made the most important life-changing decision that you could make. I want to encourage you to get hold of someone who will understand what you've just done. By that I mean another believer, a Christian, someone you, you, you know would identify. Get on the phone to them. Or when lockdown's released, get down to them and, and, and tell them what you've done. Take up your Bible now and begin in the, the New Testament. Begin with the, the Gospel of John and just start reading and let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Pray like a child would speak to his father. All we do is we accept that free gift. In the same way, if you overpaid a car guard and gave him a million rand tip for looking after your car, you'd say that's ridiculous, that's astronomical, that's a complete overpayment. Well, my friend, that's exactly what your commander-in-chief did for you when he defeated the demonic realm 
and the command of chief of darkness. It was an overpayment. And we have to accept that free gift humbly. We have to say in the same way that we were born into death by no bad thing we did. We are born again into life, not based on any good thing we do, but accepting the free gift that Jesus did on the cross. We come into agreement that we were sinful, rebellious, and lost and dead in our sin. And only through identification with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we come into a new life. We come into a new level of relationship with God called righteousness. See, righteousness is not the little right things I do. Righteousness is a gift that I get from Jesus because He, the Bible said, Jesus, who knew no sin, was made sin so that you and I who know no righteousness can be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So God bless you. Thanks for sharing this time with us this morning. My biggest challenge to you, family, there's a reason for this lockdown. Don't miss it. This could be your finest hour of preparation for all that God is taking you and us into in the future. Be of good courage. Have an awesome day. Amen.